0: So I was telling the uh, worship team this morning before service that um, this past week the atmosphere has been, has been heavy. Um, and I, I think all of us had examples of, of why that was so. But for me, this past week, I have had no less than half a dozen people uh, come to me and ask me, for prayer for loved ones that have passed. Um, And then uh, just this morning on the way in, uh, I know some of you probably passed this this horrible accident that happened just down the road here. Um, And it's no coincidence, I think, that the lectionary scripture, the gospel this morning, is from John 11, and it talks about Uh, death, but more importantly, it talks about resurrection from death. Lent is a heavy time of year. Um, If you're into the Lenten season, which we are, but if you're particularly focused on on this self-reflection and this introspection and looking into those dark nooks and crannies of your heart, your mind, your soul then um, sometimes we're in need of a resurrection of the heart and the mind and the soul. Um, as we expose things to the light, sometimes we deal with things that are uncomfortable. And certainly death is one of those things for any number of reasons, which I will get into in the course of this sermon. Um, Enough of the introduction. Let me go ahead and start with the gospel message, and I think you'll see what I'm referring to. This is the gospel according to John chapter 11. It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. So Jesus gets word that his friend Lazarus is ill. And he understands that what other people don't understand is that God is orchestrating events in such a way that God will be glorified. That Jesus will be glorified through those events. And so even though he loves Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they're like family to him, he stays, he waits before going to Bethany. And so then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep... He'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. See, Jesus is not concerned with the things that concern the disciples about returning to Judea. See, the disciples are concerned for their physical safety. They've just been through an event where they almost stoned Jesus. And so they're not really anxious to go back to Judea, but Jesus has his eyes set on a higher purpose. He tells them, you keep forgetting that I am the light of the world. And those who walk in the light walk in surety. They walk in security. They walk in safety. Now, I I don't know about you. I know I have. Have you at, at any time in the worries and the strife of your everyday life ever forgotten that Jesus is the light. That He is your security and your safety. It's easy to forget, isn't it? I know the disciples have forgotten it. And then Jesus tells them that Lazarus has died and that He has to go to awaken Him. And and Thomas, in, in pure Thomas like fashion, comments to his fellow disciples, you can almost hear him muttering under his breath, let's go that we can die with him. Thomas, always the optimist, right? Now, when I read this passage, I find myself thinking about times when I have received news that a loved one has passed. You know, even when there is no doubt in my mind that they are in heaven with Jesus, it still comes as a blow. I mean, I remember getting news of my brother, Michael, and his passing. I remember getting news of of my dad's sudden passing, my grandmother, my grandfather, my cousin, my uncle, various friends over the years, members of my church family. See, it's a list that's, that's way too long. And each time you get news of, of such an event, it, it, it's like a punch in the stomach. It's like a punch in the gut. It takes your breath away. It's emotionally gut-wrenching because of the sense of loss in the moment, even for believers in Christ. And I think it's emotionally gut-wrenching sometimes because we think of things that were left unsaid. We think about things that were left undone, left unreconciled. We think about things left unresolved. And we think that there's no more opportunity for those things to be resolved. So when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Emotionally gut-wrenching. Martha and Mary are grieving and many have turned out to console them and to grieve with them. Martha hears Jesus is coming and she goes out to meet him and she makes a statement A statement that implies a question. A question that many of us have asked at the loss of a loved one. The statement is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And the question that that implies is, where were you when we needed you? Why weren't you here? If you've ever lost a loved one, you might have asked that very question. It's okay. We serve a big God. And He can take the tough questions. Don't be ashamed of those thoughts. Because God understands the loss of a loved one. He gave his one and only son to die on a cross for each of us, for you, for me. He understands grief. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. And told her privately, the teacher is here and he's calling you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And the Jews who were in her, uh, with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. And so they followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord... If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? It's emotionally gut-wrenching. Mary goes out to meet Jesus. And she makes the same statement, which implies the same question. Lord, where were you when we needed you? Why did you let this happen, Lord? And she weeps. And those that came to console her weep. And the scripture says, Jesus wept." Jesus, the one who knew that this was all for God's glory. Jesus, the one who knew that this would glorify Him. The one who knew that Lazarus would rise from the dead. That Jesus, the scripture says, went. See, God is a God who cares for his people. Jesus wept because he was moved by their tears. Jesus, the Son of God who would raise Lazarus from the dead, wept as the Son of Man, the completely human Jesus who walked every mile in our shoes who experienced every temptation, every hardship, every grief that we experience as humans. Jesus wept. Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So now we reach this incredible, climactic point of the account of the resurrection of Lazarus. Jesus raises a very dead Lazarus up from the grave. Jesus raises him from the dead. Amazing, but not surprising. Amazing, but not at all surprising. Resurrection is what Jesus does. He goes to the cross, he dies, he goes to the grave, and three days later he is resurrected, conquering death, taking away all the sin of the world. And in so doing, he gave to us his righteousness so that we would have a share in his resurrection and have eternal life with him. Jesus resurrected Lazarus, and Jesus resurrected you and me when we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that he is Lord. You have been resurrected as a believer in Jesus. Not will be, have been resurrected. have been resurrected in Jesus. And when he resurrected Lazarus he said to the people there witnessing this amazing but not at all surprising event unbind him and let him go. King James version says loose him and let him go. In other words free him. Turn him loose. Stop holding Him down with your material, mortal thoughts of mortality and bondage to sin and death. Free Him. Resurrect your minds. Change your thinking. Think of Him as God thinks of Him. Not dead, but alive. Not temporal, but eternal. Not material, but spiritual. Jesus wants you and me, to be loosed and let go. Here's the good news. Through Jesus and His selfless act on the cross, through the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you as a believer in Christ, you have been loosed and let go. You have been freed. You have been untied, unbound from the death bindings. They no longer have power over you. His resurrection is your resurrection. Glory be to God. And to the Son, Lord Jesus. And to His Holy Spirit. Now and forever. Amen.